It's the first annual Two Bad Neighbors Awards for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. This is the start of the show where everyone's dream is going to come true, but not really because it's an awards show. That means <laughs> some people's dreams are going to remain dreams. Some and people's dreams will be crushed. There will be more losers than winners. That's right. That's the important thing to remember. That is the very definition of award shows, Alan. That's why we have them. And you know, we got some we to separate the to to separate the winners from the losers, the haves from the have-nots, the beautiful from the very very ugly. No. This is why we have awards to shower those who deserve it with praise and to boo those losers until our collective throats are sore. <laughs> you said it first. This, That's of right. course, is the TBNs, the first and only <laughs> annual TBNs. Yeah. It should be very clear this is the first annual TBNs, but yep. it's also the final yes. TBNs. <laughs> We've it's it's been such a long such a long road. So many yeah. of our nominees are here tonight, That's looking right. looking two dimensional, mostly with yellow faces. That's right. And uh, you know it's uh, it's it's just a great great honor to be here. Uh, you and I have mm. been hosting the TBNs. <laughs> Well, this is our since its inception. I'd since say since its inception. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's been such a road, and we've worked really hard to put on this really wonderful night for all of you. That's right. And um, that's right. You have to be listening to this at night. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you're listening the, to this during the day right now, uh, turn it off. Yeah. Uh, wait turn it until on at 5 you know, p.m. Pacific. Yeah, 5, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, what's that? Eight Eastern. I don't know. That's right. Um, <laughs> and. Put on your fanciest duds, as Greg and I both are. Yeah. We're both in full uh, three-piece suits. That's right. Um, and, you know, we've got our hair and makeup done, and we're, we're ready to roll. We sure are. In fact, we're so ready to roll that we're doing it right now. <laughs> now, as is tradition with the TBNs, Greg. Yeah. Uh, we like to start the show... With a little bit of a, you know, a little playful anecdote segment mm. I like to call. How have you been? Yeah, of course. This is a th this is a TVNE's tradition that mm -hmm. dates back to, well, its inception. That's really. right. <laughs> and um, well, Alan, you know, I've been good. I'm in Victoria, British Ooh. Columbia right wow. now. The island, I can see my um, my parents' yard right from where I'm sitting. Wow. And uh, just down the hill from that yard is the Pacific Ocean. Don't know wow. if you've ever heard of it. I but it's haven't. A, it's a beautiful ocean. I, heard, I, I bet. One of our finest. Yeah. Would you, would you say it's top five ocean? I would, yeah, it's definitely yeah. up there. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um and uh, it's it's gorgeous. Uh, there's a heron that's taking off from an island. Just a harem? A heron. Oh. <laughs> a 
It's a bird. I thought it was a harem of women that were <laughs> sailing no, away. That's several birds, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Uh, <laughs> there's, that, there's that TV Eddie banter we all know and love. Here we are. Um, but no, it's been good. I've been out here for my birthday. Yep. And... Um, it's been really nice. It's been really nice. I went thrifting with my mom this afternoon. That's why I was a little late today. What did to you find? What, what did you What did you find thrifting? Well, my sister's here, and um, she is a lawyer now. <laughs> oh yes, and uh, she has a uh, a fancy important person's business meeting mm. that she was. Woefully underprepared for <laughs> attire wise. And she sure. has to do this meeting on Zoom, right? So, really, all you need is a top up attire. That's right. Um, but she. Bo- bottoms optional, as yeah. I like to say. Yeah, absolutely. All, a few people know this, but all Zoom or video conference meetings are bottoms optional. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> as long as you remember to turn your video off when you get up. Yeah, except for the TBNs. As well, we've said before, we're in full three-piece full suits. Three piece suits. That includes course. the pants. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mine are Tom Ford. Oh. Yeah. Uh, this is the second segment of the TBNs is, who are you wearing? Well, it's funny. You have Tom Ford. I have Henry Ford. Well, there you go. Also, Which is, how have I you know, been? weird. <laughs> uh, I have been uh, well. I am still plugging away with school and... Had two midterms this week and completed both of them. So, my God, that's fast. Whether I know <laughs> whether or not I did well on them is another question. Um, but uh, I completed them, and that's the half the battle. Um, uh, however, I did go see uh, a feature film last night. I saw a little film called The Card Counter. Oh, you did? I did. And. And it's kind of wild. <laughs> it's a Paul Schrader movie. I would honestly yeah. expect nothing less. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really think about it too much until after I got home, but it's like, it's very Taxi Driver. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's got a lot of like parallels to Taxi well, Driver. That's that's interesting that you say that because um, his other, like the other Paul Schrader movie that I really like is also a Scorsese movie, and it's Raging Bringing Bolt? Out the Dead. No, oh. <laughs> Bringing Out the Dead. Um, That's one I haven't seen. He didn't write Raging Bull, did he? I thought he did, but I I also, at one point in my life, just assumed he wrote every Scorsese movie. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, now we got to find out. I'll find out. You, t- yeah. you talk about Bringing Out Your Dead, because I haven't seen it. Bringing Out the Dead is, I think, his almost Taxi Driver sequel in a lot of ways. But only it doesn't end in a bombastic display of violence. Right. Uh, he did write Raging Bull. He, he did. Okay, well, that's uh, another one that I really like. Uh, co- co-written with uh, Mardik Martin. But yes, he is credited screenwriter. That, that's not a real name. <laughs> uh, he also, oh, see, he Mardic. also wrote, uh, Mardik Martin also wrote Mean Streets. Oh, there it is. Okay. And New York, New York. Huh. And then and then some other things I haven't heard of, but that, those so he's written written those three Scorsese films, and they yeah. meshed on that one. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, 
So did you like it, though? Uh, I did. I, I liked a lot of it. Uh, I didn't love it. I'd say it's a uh, it's a solid, you know, three and a half, four stars. OK. Yeah. Like it was good. And Oscar Isaac's really good. Um, it, it's le- there's less uh, card counting than I thought there would be. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's OK. It's more of a tale of redemption. Yeah, well, yeah, and there's a lot of, um, uh, like, he's like a former soldier, right? Mm. And there's a lot more of that kind of stuff than... Oh. Um, and Willem Dafoe's in it, but, like, only in three scenes. <laughs> so I was like, give me more Dafoe, please. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. he was in Dog Eat Dog, which was another Schrader-directed movie. Mm. I haven't even heard cage. of that one. Oh, weird. Yeah. No, it did not do well. <laughs> the first 10 minutes are very off-putting. Mm. I didn't get through them. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, that, not surprising, I guess. It was the movie where I was like, yeah, I don't need to see this. I'll watch what he does next. Because this clearly ha- is a guy who is totally fine with making movies that aren't for everyone mm. um which is you know i I'll, I'll always give those those guys a chance yeah even though like there's a good chance that i'll be like oh whiff yeah uh yeah anyway i i'm i'm curious to hear your thoughts when you eventually see it yeah um i i will eventually see it but i have another film on the top of my list right now mm. that i gotta go see um, and it's an interesting thing that you brought it around to this because this is the uh, film that's sponsoring the TBNs, as we all know. Uh, coming October first to theaters, Venom. Let there be carnage. Uh, sponsor, proud sponsor of the TBNs. Of course, uh, we we are gonna let there be carnage. Yeah. Um, uh, in both our hearts and our theaters. Yeah. This fall. Um, Andy Serkis's Venom Let There Be Carnage by Sony. That's right. Um, which, with Marvel. <laughs> yeah, with Marvel helping out. Um, yeah. It's It takes place in the MCU, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> because, like, the the Morbius movie, you know, the yeah. Morbius movie, that's going to have Keaton in it. it. Really? I believe, I believe I read that Keaton's Vulture is appearing in Morbius. So clearly I mean, what there am I is saying? that would make the, that'll make the movie 10% <laughs> better. At least <laughs> it's true. Um, it's just so bizarre. It's so bizarre. What yeah. a weird time we're living in. Um, but yes, uh, let there be carnage. Uh, always this Thanksgiving. That's right. <laughs> this Thanksgiving celebrate with your family <laughs> by taking them to see carnage. That's right. Um, they should have just called it carnage. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that's our uh, opening monologue. That's right. <laughs> uh, and Entertainment Weekly has already given it five stars. That's right. We're going to win an Emmy for this. <laughs> and the Emmy goes to the TBNs. <laughs> Wow, Oscar, oh. shut out. 
Um, well, we are, of course, here to award some things. Mm-hmm. Some awards. <laughs> this is one of the ways we say goodbye to a show that's meant so much to us by going back in a way to where it all began, because our show kind of begins with our top ten list that we did so many years ago on the Cinepals. That's true. That is true. Uh, uh, as a tribute to, to the dearly departed Sam Simon. Yeah. So we're going to kind of go back to where it all began to finish it off. And we have several categories mm. in mind uh, chosen by uh, – it's not really like an awards body. It's more of a Critics' Choice Awards show. That's right. That's right. Uh, and also with one very, very important audience award. That's right. The People's Choice. That's right. Now, now that, of course, uh, is related to our Simpsons character draft that we did last episode for those that are uh, avid listeners – if for some reason you're starting listening to this podcast with this episode, you, you should listen to that one first. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and and maybe the entire run before this. I don't know. But, you know, do what you want. Um, but I guess the question is, I, I, I kind of put a little order of the categories here that I think might be uh, exciting. But I, I wanted to, I wanted to check with you if you think we should talk about the People's Choice Award first, or save that for a bit later in the in the award show. I think we should do the People's Choice Award first. Okay, because um, that'll we'll we'll talk a lot about how we got to this point. That's true, it. and that's then true. we'll just like run out the <laughs> the clock the the actual awards themselves, like the the critics' awards, if as yes, you will. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as everyone knows, it is um, tradition at the TBNEs to talk about the format while we're doing it. That's right. Yeah. So. We make it up every time we do it. That's right. Since its inception. Yeah, that's right. All right. So let's talk about the People's Choice. Uh, so this, of course, was the best secondary character draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, which went into the secondary Simpsons character bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I don't know. Do you want to go through each each matchup? Uh, yeah, that would be that would be fun. I got them I all got here. It right here. I got it right here. Um, I don't have the I don't have the the winner losers. But yes, I do. I, I have it. I have the matchups right here in front of me. All right. So why don't you? Uh, tell me what matchup you want to talk about, and then I'll I'll, I'll get to the nitty gritty. All right. Well, first off, let's do um, President uh, President uh, <laughs> Principal Seymour Skinner versus Hans Molman. That's right. Uh, this was... I do believe Skinner body slammed. <laughs> well, you know, it was it was a decisive victory by yeah. by uh, Seymour. Um, however, I wouldn't say it's a body slam. Because okay. there are some matchups later on that are definite body slams. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this one was 68% for Skinner, 32% for Mole Man. See, that's more than I thought Mole Man would show up for. Yeah. So there was, uh, at, you know, a good, like, what is that? Two, like a third? There was a third of the voters who were horny for Mole Man. So. Yeah, none of them are vaccinated. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> 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 but, uh, 
But uh, yeah, that so Skinner Skinner dominated, but uh, you know, Mole Man, uh, I think a pretty decent showing. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we had uh, Fat Tony versus Mrs. Krabappel. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite the opposite happened uh, in terms of. Uh, oh, I guess no. Uh, I I can't remember the seating. I think I think Krabappel was seated pretty high for you. So, um, but Fat Tony, she got, was she like she was seated just above Fat Tony for you. Like this was our very middle, right, like right. Our, our our middle bracket. Uh, Fat Tony with thirty nine percent and Miss Krabappel with sixty one percent. So Krabappel takes the victory over Fat Tony. I I actually honestly a little surprised. I thought it would have been a bit more even because mm-hmm. Fat Tony's a presence in the show. Yeah, um, quite often. And, you know, versus Krabappel, who I, I love Krabappel, don't get me wrong, but she uh, generally like she's she's a bigger presence. And therefore, you know, sometimes she's just kind of a non entity in a way. She's just a, a workhorse like she's just there to be like, you have homework. But she does in our golden years. She does have some Krabappel centric episodes. That's true. And that does. I think that does help the voting in the in these brackets. Um, like even up to season eight, there's there's like grade school confidential, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I just I thought Fat Tony, just because he shows up less frequently, but when he does mm-hmm. show up, he's like he's a kind of a dominating presence. So but yeah, uh, yeah he he got uh, he got taken out by the teach. Um, now, then we move into Smithers versus the other teacher, Miss Hoover. And this is what I would call a body slap. Yeah, this, this a, is uh this is this is a folding. This is a decimation. Uh, Smithers with ninety three percent. Yeah, this is that's and, exactly what should have happened. Miss Hoover, Miss Hoover was seven percent. Um, yeah, I mean she was a lower seated one for you, um, if I remember correctly, and honestly not as far down as she should have been. <laughs> but uh, Smithers took her out, uh, and then another body slam. From uh, none other than Sideshow Bob, mm. which, again, mm-hmm. is to be expected. Uh, Jimbo Jones with 10 percent gone. Yeah. Sideshow Bob with 90 percent. Um, I was surprised at the 10 percent, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw that was the matchup, I was like, ah, Jimbo's never standing a chance here. That to me feels like some people's hands slipping. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we should note that Greg has uh, submitted a request for uh, review. Uh, he is he he proclaimed stop the steal many times while this voting was happening. <laughs> Not on this one. Doing, Not no, on this one. I will one. be doing my own independent audit. That's right. Uh, this one. It I will mean, cost. It will cost <laughs> us everything we've made on Patreon. That's, that's right. Um, but, you know, worth it for uh, keeping the integrity of democracy. Alive. We have to. We, Otherwise, uh, what if are no we one doing? else, if no one else does. Yeah. Then we must. Um, so next we had uh, a, a, an interesting matchup. Again, we didn't plan these mashups. We just planned the seeds on both of our ends. And so the matchups just happened because of where they were seated. So my top seed uh, would go against Greg's bottom seed and so on and so forth. And our next matchup was Chief Wiggum versus Ralph Wiggum. Yeah, this was great. Which was a fun thing to see because this was a close matchup as well. Yeah. Um, I think as you pointed out on your, on the draft, uh, the, the Ralph vote is a bit of a uh, populist vote these days. 
He's just he's he's that kind of non sequitur uh, joke machine character that a lot of people know of. And so, yeah. you know, I don't want to call anyone out, but the the normies out there who don't uh, uh, care about the integrity of the Simpsons writing as much as we do might just instinctually say, yeah, Ralph's funny. He's a better character, right? Yeah. And I would maintain personally that uh, I think uh, he has had his moments, but he has been slightly overused and over overcooked over the years, which would mean I, you know, I voted for Wiggum, uh, Chief Wiggum. <laughs> um, and uh, it was 57 percent to 43 percent for for Chief Wiggum. I think that's I, I, I like the outcome of that. Yeah, honestly, even though it's not. In my favor, I I I do think that's the right thing, yeah. Because he's a he's a better character overall. Yes, he he's he's got he's got more uh, dimensionality to to him. I'd say. Yeah. Um. But uh, next up, we had Doctor Nick Riviera versus Abe Simpson, Grandpa, <laughs> and uh, Grandpa took took this one with sixty six percent of the vote. Hell yeah, um, he did. Doctor Nick, you know. Uh, he was, he was a bit of a dark horse for me. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody really expected that guy to go. Yeah. And, uh, I think he's, I think Nick's another character that has some very funny moments, but isn't all always funny. If that, mm-hmm. if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I like a lot of the stuff they do with him, but, uh, a lot of the time I'm just like, yeah, okay, <laughs> let's, let's move on. Um, Whereas Abe, I think, at the very least, is pretty consistently himself. (laughs) (laughs) He certainly is. He's a very um, well-drawn character, basically from the from the jump. Uh, And like you really can't imagine The Simpsons without him. And I think, too, a big push for that character is the Raging Abe Simpson episode. The The Flying Hellfish really makes him a character that you're like, oh, He's actually really interesting because he wasn't always a crazy old coot. I mean, obviously, you don't really expect that, but to see him uh, flourish in the Hellfish and then also in the episode at his current age, kind of regaining that sense of confidence um, mm-hmm. is, is really nice to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move right along. Uh, Agnes Skinner versus Nelson Muntz. Yeah, this um, is an interesting and weird matchup. <laughs> Uh, Skinner with 38% months with 62%. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, a little surprising for me, but not, not like uh, insanely. Wait, I, Agnes lost? She did. Weird. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Cause like, I'm not a big Nelson fan. I, I think, I think Agnes Skinner is by far funnier yeah. and more interesting than Nelson. I agree. I mean, obviously I'm a bit biased because Seymour Skinner's one of my faves and, I think his relationship with his mother uh, is often a big part of why I love the character. It's huge. Um, yeah. Nelson has the longevity thing, though. He's been it's around true. since the jump. Yeah. Yeah, since episode two. Yeah. Bart, Bart the general. Um, very different character then yes. <laughs> than, he, than he is now. but Arguably a better one. Arguably better. Uh, next, we had another decimation. Yeah, this is the sea captain. This <laughs> is Sea Captain, Captain McAllister versus uh, Ned Flanders. And as we know, everybody loves Ned Flanders. Everybody else loves Ned Flanders. Um, <laughs> now, I I still think, okay, 
this is again, obviously, yes, Ned's winning. I, you know, I had no doubt in my mind. But again, like the the amount he won by is, a, again, just a little surprising because I think the sea captain is very funny. <laughs> but maybe I'm alone in that. I think he's a very funny character that doesn't uh, doesn't overstay his welcome. Generally, um, I agree with that. What was the percentage? Uh, it was 13% to 87%. Oof. Um, and honestly, I'm surprised he broke 10. Yeah, and that's fair. Um, because he's such a, just a one note. Yeah. You know? Anyway. <laughs> but Ned, of course, a uh, longtime favorite by many people. He was going to go the distance, and he did. Um, <laughs> yet another decimating turnout for... Uh, poor Unky Herb. Poor Unky Herb. That was he, the first one where I was like, "Oof!" Yeah. But then when you put him up against Millhouse, Millhouse. I mean, Millhouse is. Uh, he was he was another uh, not dark horse pick, but like he he was he was my I think he was my favorite to win the entire thing. Um, going into this, I, I, obviously I had no idea. I was like, some yeah. of my favorites, maybe people don't like as much. Some of your favorites, maybe people don't like as much, etc. But Millhouse, I just thought, yeah, of the kids for sure. Millhouse is just he's sure he's the dud, but that's what makes him funny. You know, the best. And I think was it season eight that we kind of realized he was the secret MVP of the season. Yeah, season eight. Yeah. Yeah. Where he just like he runs away with it, just (laughs) like Marge runs away with season 10. Exactly. Um, so Unky Herb didn't stand a chance. Uh, Mona Simpson and Reverend Lovejoy was next and, uh, Lovejoy decimated Mona. I mean, she, she had, she had a hard time because she really, I, you know, our rules that we set forth of like not being, um, one-off characters, like she barely escapes that. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when you think about how we mostly are covering the golden years. Yeah. And she, I don't think shows up again in the golden years. Like, so the, the episodes we covered, she really has the one appearance, unless you count some of the flashback stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of why I uh, justified my pick of her as well, is that she's at least a presence in other episodes. It's not, yeah. you know, and she's Homer's mom. So it's but like... she really only has one episode to work with, and it's yeah. tough. It's and tough. It's, it's a beautiful episode, but, yeah. you know, Lovejoy's got the longevity, again, like just the, yeah, the we'll, recognizability. We'll see, we'll see if she uh, can make up some ground in the... Mm. Uh, in the in in the, the critics choice yeah. yeah we'll see <laughs> we'll see uh we had lenny and mo lenny versus mo yeah which was a fun matchup uh that, lenny that took is, it that's great with 60 percent of the vote i'm uh, so happy i'm so happy <laughs> lenny took it uh yeah i mean mo uh sucks so. mo, nothing brought me greater joy <laughs> than seeing my the the being vindicated about mo <laughs> Uh, the picture I chose was even Lenny. Uh, please don't tell anyone how I live. Um, and so it was even giving Lenny a bit of a, um, you know, detriment in a weird way. But Lenny is uh, funny and he won. Uh, of course, then we have Kent Brockman versus Troy McClure and Troy McClure with 87 percent of the vote. No surprise there. Uh, Troy McClure is, uh, I, I knew from the jump, both him and Hutz were going to be tough ones to beat in general. Yeah. Troy McClure went fifth overall in the draft. Yeah. So that's, um, that tells you something about like, I, I felt like he was gonna, 
Anyway, how far? Uh, uh, how how much did Hutz body slam Willie? <laughs> so so that's the thing. So Troy McClure eighty seven percent against Brockman. Yeah, but uh, Lionel Hutz seventy two percent against Willie. I think Willie's got a more fervent fan base because of the joke machine thing. Yeah, that's true. He's a catchphrase um, guy. And and I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll get into uh, more stuff about Hutz and McClure as we go here. But I've always personally liked Hutz more than McClure. Yeah. But but we'll talk about that more as we go. Um, Professor Frank versus Krusty the Clown. Um, of course, Frank stood no chance. Uh, Krusty with 81 percent of the vote. Um, I'm you like, know, that's Frank, as it should be. Yeah, Frank's not my favorite character. He was a lower seed for me, um, but uh, he's got some funny moments. I oh, think yeah. I think that uh, when they used him more sparingly early in the series, uh, he was almost like a, a reliable comedy machine anytime he showed up, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, like, There's that scene that I just watched this in season three. I can't remember what episode, but like when his his son is flying in the plane and flies oh through the window and he's like, oh, my wife is <laughs> my going wife to kill is going to kill me. Yeah, that's the uh, like the science fair episode. Yeah. Whatever, right. Yeah. 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 There's that one. There's uh, uh, the secret ingredient to a flaming mo is love. Who's been screwing with this thing? Yeah. Uh, Bart's comment. One of my favorite Frank moments where yeah. he designs the house that will run away and the real people won't burn that fast. Yeah. Can I play with it? No, you can't <laughs> play with it. You won't enjoy it on as many levels as I will. <laughs> the colors, children. That's um, good stuff. Yeah, and then the, the I mean, one of my favorite moments in the show, it's in a Treehouse episode, but uh, when he has the, the robot who uh, puts the sold sign on himself and tries to get away, and he goes, You were designed not so, for. Not so fast, Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> Time for scrubbing, and scrubbing you shall do. Uh, great, great moment. Uh, all right, and then this, I think the closest matchup in the first uh, in the first round was Chalmers versus Kirk Van Houten. And that's a great matchup. That's it. Yeah. It's, when we it's, say secondary characters, truly, this is what we mean. Yeah. Uh, Chalmers with 47 percent. Kirk with 53. So like just, just barely, barely edged him out. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it made me it made me sad in one instance. But obviously, I love Kirk. Yeah, I was happy to see him win, but uh, Chal- boy. Chalmers was uh, in my team, as it were. So, yeah, so it was rough. But the final one, of course, was <laughs> just stamp the ticket guy <laughs> versus Mr. Burns. And and what and what seemed like a joke at the time. Yeah, but uh, guess what? Just stamp the ticket guy got 21 percent of the vote. So unreal. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I do wonder how many people, uh, you know, know the character well enough to know that he, you know, does show up several times, yeah. not just the moment where he says, just stamp the ticket. That's just what he's named after. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he's, a uh, he's one of those like tertiary characters. Yeah. <laughs> But Burns, of course, was going to win that one. Um, so that was the r- first round. Let's talk about the second round. So uh, another fun matchup right off the jump was Skinner versus Krabappel. Interesting. Just like in the PTA disbands. Um, the finger thing means the taxes. That's right. 
But uh, a much better showing by Skinner this time, unfortunately for uh, Mrs. K. 84% for, for Skinny Boy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then we move on to uh, another very close matchup that yeah. was tough. Yeah, this, Smithers. This, is, this one's brutal. Smithers versus Sideshow Bob. Uh, Smithers won by two votes. Unreal. 51% uh, versus Sideshow Bob's 49%. So just, just barely took out Mr. Bob. Um, but yeah, you know, we're getting to it. Like these, it, it seemed like round two was already like so difficult, mm-hmm. you know? Because mm-hmm. all the like weird just sent the ticket guys and mole mans that uh, were kind of joke picks on our end. They're all out. Mm-hmm. So now we got some heavy hitters because next we had Chief Wiggum versus Abe Simpson. And once again, very close. And just by two votes, Abe Simpson wins with 51 percent. As he should. I mean, yeah. Uh, no argument. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I love Wiggum. Uh, but then we get Nelson versus Flanders. Yeah. <laughs> and here's where, uh, you know, his victory against Agnes is proven to be, uh, something of a fluke. It's a fluke. Yeah. It's a fluke. <laughs> because a, he's not a real contender. <laughs> Let's prove it. Flanders had 81% of the vote and yeah. just, uh, clobbered, uh, Mr. Munz. And <laughs> once again, with Milhouse versus Lovejoy, Milhouse with 96%. Yeah. Oh my god. Unreal. <laughs> but that's the right choice though. Like if you yeah. really come down to it, like Milhouse is so funny. Yeah. He's so funny and he's also got a lot there. I you know, uh, the picture I chose was Thrillhouse, you know. Yeah. It's a it's a tough one to beat. Uh Lenny versus Troy McClure. Um Lenny uh a fine showing against a heavy hitter uh with 33%, but Troy McClure takes it with 67. Uh, and then we get Hutz versus Krusty. And uh, once again, uh, I, I thought this would be closer, but Hutz was 73 percent. Yeah, that's shocking. I can't believe yeah. how how much he won by. Like, I, I will again, I will say like Krusty's not one of my favorite characters. Um, he's he has his moments for sure. But I think the, like, I don't know, the exasperated kids entertainer who kind of hates his life, it, it gets a little old for me. It's such a weird, like, when you really step back, you just have to ask yourself, what the hell is the Krusty the Clown show? <laughs> and we may never know the answer. I guess we won't. Uh, and finally, uh, Kirk versus Burns, and Burns once again dominates the vote with 76%. Uh, Kirk may sleep in a racing car, but he is not winning round two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then we get into the Elite Eight. So only four matchups to talk about. Uh, first, we got Skinner versus Smithers. Big hitters coming out the gate here. That's right. Um, but Skinner's showing his He's his uh, yeah. his je ne sais quoi, his longevity, his here. longevity once again with uh, dominating, not dominating, but, you know, compared to the last uh, matchup Skin, uh, yeah. Smithers had uh, Skinner was 74 percent Smithers of 26. So Oof. 
Yeah. Uh, Abe versus Flanders. Uh, and Flanders is uh, doing the same thing on the other end with 66%. Yeah. See, that's – that's. I would have thought it would be more split down the middle for that. but I did too. This is where we're kind of getting rid of the whole like uh, team by team matchup here because this is a matchup made exclusively of my team. <laughs> That's right. Um, and which we knew would ha- probably happen. Yeah, it would happen. Because uh, then we have Milhouse versus Troy McClure, a much closer matchup as it yeah. should be. Yeah. Uh, but McClure takes it and eliminates the dud. I can't believe it. I honestly, well, no, I. That's not true. I can because I understand where the love for these two characters truly comes from. And yeah. it's from a, a place of deep, heartfelt nostalgia and reverence for for this performer. I mean, absolutely. McClure, you know, he's got he's got the Planet of the Apes episode, you know, he does. Yeah. And that's like a big that's a big bonus for him. Yeah. Um, but Milhouse is out, and then we have the final matchup for this Elite Eight, which is Huts versus Burns. And this is, I'll say this is the first time in our matchups that my top pick has mm. come up against someone who actually worried me. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas, I, whereas I think your top pick, Skinner, has mm-hmm. had a harder road so yes. far. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Uh, Burns, yeah, <laughs> Burns versus... Just stamp the ticket guy, and then uh, who else? I can't remember who it was. <laughs> I already forget. Uh, in Burns round two. versus Kirk. Right, Kirk. Yeah. Um, you know, not quite as threatening. Like Kirk's great, but he's Kirk no Lionel Hutz. Exactly, yeah. Um, but Hutz uh, could not withstand the, uh, cent- was it quadricentennial? What's <laughs> however old uh, uh, Mr. Burns is. <laughs> Well, I'll just say, that'd be like 400. I don't yeah, know. That's, that's um, a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> but that's the kind of joke they'd make. Um, but yeah, Burns takes it with 58%. So not not a decimation, but a little less close than I thought it would be. I, I thought it, I thought that was plenty close. And I'll be honest, like that's showing like Burns is like road to the top is mm. a little, I think, a little more shaky than you might think. True. That's true. Um, but, you know, Troy McClure wins with 52 percent, Burns with 58 percent. I just thought it'd yeah. be a bit more close to that number. Yeah. Um, that being said, the final four are Skinner, Flanders, uh, McClure, Burns. And uh, once again, Skinner, uh, like some kind of non giving up school guy, <laughs> takes out Flanders uh, sixty-four percent to thirty-six. You know, like uh, Didn't once again, even stand a chance. Like it's 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 fascinating to see like some of these characters that just decimate others, but then like are not as close to other ones as you think they would be. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, point in fact, McClure versus Burns. Uh, these were both both your guys. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Burns with fifty-three percent. Yeah. So, that's wild yeah (laughs) but also not because you like troy mcclure was just like lionel hutz one of the greatest utility characters in the entire show not just a great character performance because obviously he was 
He was a joke machine. Mm-hmm. He's always funny, and he also has that episode. Like, A Fish Called Selma, like, that's why he's got this, you know? I. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> man, oh, man, the finals. Man, oh, man. Yeah, so that brought us to our finals. Uh, you know, I didn't think it would come down to this, to be honest. I'm glad I, it did. I, I am, too. It's kind of fun that it ended up being our top seeds. My my number one pick, Seymour Skinner, your number mm-hmm. one pick, Montgomery Burns, uh, showing down in the finals. It means, uh, you know, Shearer, an all Shearer matchup. That's right. Um, in fact, the, the final four is almost all Shearers. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except for a little little bit of a Hartman uh, mixed yeah. in. But um, yeah, I, I think that it, it really shows that you and I have our fingers on the pulse. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you let's know? give us the, ourselves the credit. <laughs> That's what we're here for, right? That's yeah. what the TV yeah. is all about. Yeah. Since its inception is it's just patting overdue. ourselves on the back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Skinner versus Burns. Uh, now, uh, how these uh, polls work is, you know, you can see the results once you vote, but you don't necessarily see the finals. So this might be uh, uh, an exclusive. Mm-hmm. For those listening, some people might have figured it out or seen it already, but the winner of the secondary character Simpsons bracket and the award it, for the people's and choice. the award for people's choice for best secondary Simpsons character at the first and only TBNs. <laughs> That's right. Uh, with 57 percent of the vote. Wow. It was your favorite and mine, Seymour Skinner, a.k.a. Armin Tamzarian. Yeah. Uh, the noble Puma. That's right. Uh, applause, applause sound effect. Put an applause sound effect in here, Greg. Um, <laughs> and you'll have to do that for all of the awards. Um, Great. <laughs> you're on vacation. you got time. Um, <laughs> He's not wrong. But uh, yeah, so Skinner takes it. What, what are your thoughts? How do you, how do you feel? Um, when I looked to vote on that one, it was not as close as that. Mm. Um, I thought, I thought Skinner was going to like just decimate Burns. Um, I'm glad that Burns actually managed to pull it into, you know, so that Skinner didn't break 60 or something. And that's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's less of a, uh, it doesn't surprise me. I am personally, uh, personally, I, my, my first draft pick was Burns and that was my idea in the first place. Like, right. Like, even if I had first pick of the draft, I would have drafted Burns first because those that maybe didn't listen. Yeah. Out uh, of the two, he just happens to be my favorite guy. Cause I think, I, I think he just, he just hits for me on all those levels. Plus, uh, his the the satire that they use with Burns, I think rings uh, more for me than mm. what they do with Skinner. But the thing is, they do them both so well in the Golden Years; it's crazy. I think this is exactly the right matchup. And yeah, I think I'm, it should be said yeah. that both of them are authority figures being you know punched down on. Yeah, um, and that's why we love them because uh, a. a uh, high, uh, sorry, an elementary school principal um, is uh, a figure that I don't know about you, but like I never knew my principal 
Mm. Uh, I like like I knew who I knew that I had one and I knew that they existed, but like I never had any of the like kind of interactions that you know Bart has with with Skinner, right. for example. Um, and so it, my view of a of a principal was always just an authority figure, not like a pal, not like a you know someone who wants cares about my education, anything mm-hmm. like that. And so I think that's a big reason why I gravitate towards uh, Skinner as a as satire for authority than I do Burns only because I've had bosses in jobs that I've really liked. Mm-hmm. Right. And obviously Burns is a very specific kind of boss um, that I have had. And I do hate those people too. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the CEOs, the big corporate people, whatever you want to call it, rich, the rich monopoly people, um, rich uncle penny, penny bags. Yeah. Right. <laughs> The Monopoly guy. The Monopoly guy. Um, and so obviously it's this isn't saying, you know, Burns doesn't work by any means. I think, as you said, this was a great final matchup. I think two of the heaviest hitters when it comes to the secondary characters. And but yeah, obviously I won the coin toss, which is the reason I got to pick Skinner first. But as you're saying, even if that hadn't happened, you would have picked Burns. I would pick Skinner. So that yeah. that would have remained the same. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. I was going to ask you that. I was, I was curious if uh, I figured you wouldn't like, cause I know we've talked about it. I know how much you love burns over like you love Skinner too, but like burns is your number one pick if you had to pick one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of figured we were, we were probably safe. Like I think both of us kind of knew those are probably going to be our top picks. Yeah. Um, but I was curious if just, you know, maybe the gamesmanship uh, of yourself might have wanted to pick Skinner to take him away from me as an option. You yeah, know? everything else after Burns was a, mostly about gamesmanship. Right. On my team when yeah. I started picking that, when I started picking them. And I mean, the final four kind of reflects that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it should be noted, the final four, I had one character, Greg had three. Yeah. Um, but mine won, so... Yes. Suck it. So that's that's where like <laughs> I, I definitely was like, yeah, I'll pick this one because I truly think he's the best. He's my favorite. Like, let's let's go for it. I think he's got a shot. Why not? Um, yeah, that was really fun. I owe you a six pack of beer. You sure do. Yeah. And that will be uh, chosen someday. Yeah. You get to um, take me through a liquor store and say, and oh, there, boy, grab me that one. That one, boy. Yes. And I'll wear like a top hat and a monocle. And yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll I'll wear we'll like a little it. I'll wear like a little chimney sweep hat. That's right. Yeah. And have soot all over your face. Yeah. And we'll get Allie to film it. It'll be and on we'll Patreon. Put it on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's content. Um, well, well, that was great. That was a lot of fun. Thank you to everyone who participated. Um, I know Greg was nervous about audience participation for anything, but uh, I think it worked out really well and it was fun to see the results uh, come in every day. Absolutely. Shall we move along to some of our critics choices? Absolutely. It's the first annual TB Annies. Here we go. (laughs) Having some fun. (laughs) Nailed it. Yeah. And Um, the first award up for grabs is the award for best original song. Hey, that's what I have too. That's the first one. Yeah. It's like we, plan- it's like we planned it. Um, all right. So uh, I think the way we're going to do this, is we each have three nominees. 
Yeah. And then we're going to choose a winner from those three nominees uh, ourselves. So if, right. they, if they match up, then that's a an extra win. Amazing win. It's yeah. called they, it's called the the double 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 win. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> As we know from tradition, yeah, that is what it has always been called. Um. <laughs> so, uh, my three nominees for best original song. Yep. First, see my vest. Very good. Um, speaking of Mr. Burns, speaking uh, of Mr. Burns, that's that's one that he sings. Uh, my next nominee is "Stop the Planet of the Apes." I want to get off. Um, I know a bit of a cheat because it's a uh, several songs. It's but a medley, I, but they're all original. Exactly. I'm I'm I view it as one medley, um, and therefore one song. And then my third nominee is "We Do," the Stonecutters song. I'm so happy you put all those in there because our our nominees do not cross over. All right, here we go. <laughs> this is great. This is great. I love it when this happens. Yeah. Um, my nominees for best original song are the monorail song. Of course. The spring in Springfield. Good choice. Yep. That was close and to mind. Who needs the quickie mart? Okay. See, I I thought. Your third was going to be I'm checking in. I honestly thought. Uh, yeah, I thought that would I thought that was one you put on there. But, you know, I, what? I, we only we have three know, nominees. We all know I do love I'm checking in, but we only have three nominees. And who needs the quickie mart has the the quickie mart is real dope, sure. which is so funny. It's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. You can't just improvise a song and it be perfect all the time. Yeah. I and Homer proves that. that. Yeah. I love that. Um, so I'll say my I'll say my winner. All right. The TBNE goes to the TBNE goes to the spring in Springfield. Ah, all right. All right. Applause. Applause. Uh, and the other TBNE, uh, the Allen, the Allen at any. I don't yeah. know. Um, <laughs> we'll say the TBNE, uh, Allen edition. Yeah. And TBNE Greg edition. Yeah. Right? Um, goes to stop the planet of the apes. I want to get off. Um, I think it's a perfect song parody slash parody of the planet of the apes parody of musicals. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course it's Troy McClure belt, like giving his best performance. Mm hmm. I think it's like the, you know, you know, we talk about the uh, longevity and, and how great Troy McClure is as a utilitary character. Um, but I think this is his best work in the show. Uh, 100%. Is, is when he not only gets to do this show, that is because what because the, the thing is, they could easily have made it like, yeah, I'm doing this Broadway musical about Planet of the Apes. And it's like met with like poor reviews and, you know, it's like, oh, he's a washed up has been. But everyone loves it. Yeah. And it's that's what makes theater. it great. It's, that's it's right. So good. So it's that so is good. the that is the award for best original song. What's our next category, Greg? Let me just quickly qualify the spring and Springfield. Oh, please. Yes. Because sorry. I think you yes. did a wonderful job there. Um, yes. I think the spring and Springfield is a wonderful example of a purely original song that doesn't feel that feels familiar, but isn't a parody at the same time. And for me, what go what what wins it is the animation that goes with it. 
Mm. Uh, the the performance that they do, the whole dance number that they do with all of these uh, dancers and the mob, it's uh, it, it's just so fun. The rhymes are so playful and the song is so wonderful. And it's followed up by Marge's morals and ethics and carnal forbearance. <laughs> and I just think it's a I just think it's such a great capper on a really wonderful episode. Our next, and the flaming arrow as well. The fl- please hurry. Please hurry. Yes. Yeah. Our, our next award is Best Sign Gag. Hey, I have hey. that next to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Simpsons right. has long been famed for its multitudes of sign gags. Here we have our six nominees and two winners. That's right. For the best of the bunch. Uh, Alan, I'll go first with this one. Go for it. Uh, the first nominee is Springfield Historical Society, where the dead come alive, metaphorically. <laughs> From the episode Lisa the Iconoclast. <laughs> the next one is simple but effective. Painless dentistry, formerly painful dentistry. <laughs> That's <laughs> from good. the episode That's Last good. Exit to Springfield. Yeah, of course. And Welcome to Little Pogmonasquamset Port <laughs> from the episode Summer of Four Foot Two. Very good. Um, well, I, as probably predicted more so this time, uh, have three completely different ones. Mm-hmm. Um, as there's a multitude to choose from. So many. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I have, uh, for my nominees, uh, Jolly Gummy Bears, They Hibernate in Your Colon, <laughs> uh, which I believe is from, uh, Homer Batman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have Parent Teacher Night, Let's Share the Blame, <laughs> um, which is, uh, I don't know, Itchy and Scratchy the movie, maybe? I can't remember. <laughs> That's, maybe. It's, it's definitely, uh, th- that's one where they go to Parent Teacher Night, mm-hmm. so I think it's that one. I didn't look mm-hmm. it up, so... <laughs> and finally, uh, is a bit of a bit of a cheat, but I think they have to go together. Uh, it's the signs in both the Republican and the Democratic conventions. Of course, we want what's worse for everyone. We're just plain evil and we hate life and ourselves. We can't govern. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, so the TBNE Allen edition goes to. We want what's worse for everyone. We're just plain evil. We hate life in ourselves. We can't govern. Yay! <laughs> and the TV Eddie Greg edition goes to Welcome to Little Park by the Swamps and Port. <laughs> you just like that name. I do. It's so funny. I get to spell I got to spell it out for this. <laughs> oh boy. Um yeah, I mean not much else to say. I think uh, it's just the 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 satire of the American political system is just so spot on, mm-hmm. and I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, our next award. Mm. I'm just gonna tell you the ones. I'm just gonna go on the ones that I sure that yeah I've, that's that right. I've done. Uh, <laughs> our next award is for. Best Simpsons Writer. Mm, all right. Uh, I'll go first. All right. With my, with my nominees. Might be some crossover this time. Mm-hmm. 
likely. First nominee is John Schwartzwelder. Hard not to. He's so yeah. prolific. Yeah. Uh, second nominee is John Vitti. Nice. Good choice. And uh, finally, the third nominee is friend of the show, Bill Oakley. Oh, yeah. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, we only have one overlap. My nominees are John Schwartzwelder, mm-hmm. George Meyer. Meyer was close for me, yeah. And Conan O'Brien. Ah, wow. A dark horse pick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his his track record. Very good. That's what I'm going off of. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the winner of Best Simpsons Writer, Greg Edition, is John Schwartzwelder. Very good. Very good. Uh, the the award for uh, Best Simpsons Writer, Alan Edition, is not John Schwartzwelder. It's John Vitti. Nice. And I'll tell you why. Please. Uh, so I looked at his credits because I always know this name and he's not as easily recognizable as Schwartzwelder because uh, again, I think Schwartzwelder just became so prolific and is still to this day writing episodes, you know? Yeah. Um, so he's just like, and, and everyone knows he's, you know, notorious recluse and all that kind of stuff. Like he's, he's his own character almost, Mm -hmm. but John Vitti, I looked at his, his, um, his credited writing at, uh, his, the episodes he's credited for and there are so many just like to- like top favorites of mine, uh, including uh, you get you got uh, Cape Fear, you got yeah. Burns Verkauf and Kraftwerk, uh, you have uh, Radio Bart, you have Mister Plow, um, you have even Home's Home Sweet Home Diddly Dum Doodly. That's a good uh, episode. Yeah, and I think that's in fact his last Golden Age one because his next credited one. Um, after that is the old man and the key from 2002. So Jesus Christ, they just keep doing that, don't they? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, brother from the same planet. Uh, he also wrote some, you know, some treehouse episodes. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's also like he's one of the earlier writers too. like Bart the Genius, Homer's Night Out, you know, not great episodes, but I think he helped shape the show in in a really important way. And so oh, I, no. I, I think the biggest reason I wanted to go with him oh, no. over Schwartzwelder is that Schwartzwelder uh, has a longer tenure of bad episodes. <laughs> that's true. All the great ones he's done. You know, that's the biggest reason. I was just like, you know, he did. Uh, VD did maybe uh, looks like five or six post Golden Age. And then he moved on to other other work um, mm-hmm. where Schwartzwelder just kept going. Um, but yeah, Cape Fear is a big one. I mean, Cape Fear is, uh, as we'll, we'll find out later is, uh, also a favorite episode. So, yeah. Um, uh, speaking of, we're going into, we're going back into the show now. Okay. Um, with this is, I have started, I've labeled a few of these awards. Okay. This is the Phil Hartman Memorial award for best guest star. All right. Great. Um, because we've talked many, many times about how Phil Hartman is like, he's, he's never listed as a regular. He's always listed as a guest star, but he's so constantly in the guest house in season in the golden years that he might as well be a regular. Um, so I named the award after him because he's not a nominee. That's fair. So I just want to say real quick Mm -hmm. that when I was, uh, you know, uh, judging the nomination 
box. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or best guest star. I had two kind of possibilities for nominations because I mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it should be uh, a guest star that's prolific that has come back many times, mm-hmm. like a Phil Hartman, or if it should be a more or less one one and done kind of guest guest spot. So I have two options in that sense. Um, but since it's the Phil Hartman Memorial Award, I'll just say, yes, I'll remove him from the nominees. Of course, uh, best guest star prolific edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Kelsey Grammer, Albert Brooks and Phil Hartman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those three are on such a different level than any of the other guest stars on the show. that I almost feel like it was its own mm-hmm. category. Uh, so you might have a different approach, of course, and that's fine. That's what the TBNs are all about. Yeah, we all know this. Yeah, but I will say uh, my alternate best guest star nominees, which are ones that have been pretty much just one episode uh, with a bit of a cheat. Uh, Danny DeVito, he was in two, but I still Mm kind of count that as one appearance. Uh, Dustin Hoffman as Mr. Bergstrom and Meryl Streep as Jessica Lovejoy. That's so interesting because my nominees are Albert Brooks, Kelsey Grammer and Meryl Streep. Well, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, great. I am just going to give my award, uh, to Meryl Streep. I think, uh, I think the fact that she comes in to the show has one appearance and nails this character to the point where I don't remember how old I was, uh, you know, maybe 203 when I realized that Meryl Streep voiced that character, uh, it was I, I if you had told me when I was a kid that that's a that's an old, not old, but like an adult woman voicing that little girl, I would have been like, you don't lie to me. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> it's an absurdly good performance. However, it doesn't beat for me. Albert Brooks, of course. And I just want to say if this was a uh, a one award category. I would agree. I would have given it to Albert mm-hmm. Brooks as well. I would agree with you, but I knew that you would probably give it to Brooks. So I wanted to share the love and give yeah. the uh, the Allen addition to Meryl Streep because I think she deserves some props. Absolutely, and uh, but of course does. Albert Brooks is amazing, and and it's it's your hard it, it, to beat. This is probably the only chance you'll ever have to give an award to Meryl Streep. Exactly, so. she notoriously doesn't win awards. That's right. Yeah, uh, our. Our next award is the best non-recurring character hmm. award. So and one-off character? One-off character. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and the nominees for the Greg edition are Mr. Bergstrom. Hmm. Mona Simpson. Hmm. I considered this non-recurring in the golden years. That is, yes. Uh, hold on. I just want to double check with the judges. Rules uh, all right. The, the judges rule that that is acceptable. Yes. And Hank Scorpio. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's also one of my nominees, of course. Hank Scorpio. Yeah. Uh, my two, uh, the two others are not the same as yours, though. I have Dean Bobby Peterson. <laughs> A crusty old Dean. A crusty old Dean. With his hitting him, hitting him with the car prank. Yeah. And Mr. Black. Really? I'm shocked Frank Grimes didn't make either of our lists. 
Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll call this the Frank Grimes Memorial. Yeah, uh, this is the Frank Grimes what, Memorial Award for Best Non-Recurring Character. <laughs> R.I.P. So, to Frank Grimes. Yeah, my winner of the Frank Grimes Memorial Award is Hank Scorpio. That's my winner, too. We have our first Double, Double, we Double, Double Awards. Double, 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 Double. Uh, and of course it goes to Scorpio. Yeah. Uh, it is. It was tough. It was tough not to predict this, but uh, he just he he comes in swinging and he never stops. It's true. And and has you know created some of the most memorable moments of the show for me. Oh my god, um, the guys on the floor. <laughs> Uh, there's been plenty of times where I would call Hank Scorpio my favorite character from the show entire 34 seasons, you know, and he's in one episode like he just has such a dominating presence. What's your least favorite country, France or Italy? (laughs) France. Nobody ever says Italy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Great. We're we're very happy to have uh, a double, 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 double. Yeah, uh, it's you. You love to see it. It's our, a fan favorite too. Yeah, the fans abs- love it when that happens. Absolutely. Uh, our next award is the Bleeding Gums Murphy Memorial Award for worst character. <laughs> love it. All right, uh, my nominees: uh, Duffman. <laughs> nice. Comic book guy. Nice. And Disco Stew. Very, very good. Yes. Very good nominees. <laughs> My nominees are Dr. Marvin Monroe. Sure. Mo. <laughs> and the real Seymour Skinner. Ah, the Martin Sheen. Yes. Uh, voiced real Seymour Skinner. Not um, because of the performance. But because of what it stands for. That's fair. That is fair. Uh, All right. Uh, The TBNE goes. Allen edition goes to comic book guy. Great. Because I think he is woefully unfunny throughout the series and is a weird punching down of nerds when all of the writers are bigger nerds than him. And it's just weird. And I've never found him funny. Um, you know, he's got some jokes here and there that are fine, mm-hmm. but him as a character, I think, is just uh, kind of cloying and annoying. And he just beats out Disco Sue and Duffman because he's more of a, a presence throughout the show. Absolutely. That, whereas Duffman and Disco Sue mostly got the nomination because uh, their first appearances are fine and they just kept bringing them back. And that's why they make it makes them bad. Mm-hmm. What about you? The winner is Mo. <laughs> Oh, let's say Mo. <laughs> Don't like Mo. Never liked Mo. Uh, he's a he's a troll. He's a troll. He's a bridge he's, troll. He's a, he's a mean troll. Yeah. All right. Well, keeping with the negativity, perhaps. Yep. Our next <laughs> award goes to the worst episode we covered. Great. Um. So I will say. I, ch- I I went with worst episode from the golden years, which I consider three through eight, mm-hmm. just because if it was worst episode we covered, most of my nominees would be from seasons one and ten. OK, now um, mine are from one. 
Okay. So my three from seasons three through eight. My sister, my sitter. Yep. Secrets from a successful marriage. Okay, there it is. And Burns, baby Burns. Okay. Um, mine are Secrets from a Successful Marriage. Wild Barts Can't Be Broken <laughs> from season 10. Uh huh. And The Cartridge Family. Oh, yeah, see? <laughs> and the winner of the TBNE for worst episode we covered from Greg Edition is <laughs> The Cartridge Family. Hey, well deserved. Yeah. Um, they really earned it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure if I was. Uh, broadening my search parameters more for this award. Um, it probably would have uh, probably would have been another double, 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 double. Like, but, honestly, I went through I went through a couple iterations of this and mm. like my first list was all 10. Yeah, yeah, that's why that's why I was like, I'm going to I'm going to focus on the golden years, which are otherwise perfect seasons. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think uh, the winner for me, uh, the winner for the worst episode from the golden years is Burns Baby Burns. Um, I mean, you know, caused a lot of controversy at the time, mm. but uh, I stand by my thoughts on that episode. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's funny. I don't think Rodney Dangerfield uh, meshes with the spirit of the show in any way, and it just felt like a big um, masturbatory um, uh, jerk-off of Rodney Dangerfield by the writers, and uh, just didn't, didn't work for me. It just doesn't um, work. Yeah, secrets from successful marriage and my sister, my sitter. At least have some jokes that I like, such especially as especially my sister, my sitter. That's we right. all know. We all know. We all know it. It's the two story outhouse. <laughs> um, the next award we will be covering is the Alley Direct Award of Special Significance for Best Character. Um, I'm curious to hear about the naming convention. <laughs> I have done the honors of naming our last three awards after our most prominent guests. Ah, interesting. <laughs> I'll be very curious to see which names crop up. Um, <laughs> all right. So best character on the show. Uh, you go your nominees first. You got it. Nominee number one, Homer Simpson. Mm. And then... C. Montgomery Burns. And then Lisa Simpson. Interesting. All right. Uh, I went with uh, nominees are uh, Seymour Skinner. Mm-hmm. The fake, the fake Seymour mm-hmm. Skinner. <laughs> uh, Milhouse Van Houten. Mm-hmm. And C. Montgomery Burns. Very good. Uh, my winner is... Lisa Simpson. Wow. Tell tell us why. She is the beating heart and soul of the best years of this show. She is the moral center and what the writers and producers of the show really think. Uh, Also, when they decide to focus on her, she gives us some of the most satisfying uh, arcs in the show. In a show that's like by its very nature very difficult to 
give a satisfying arc in 22 minutes. Mm. They managed to do it with her more often than not, and more often than anyone else. I think she's one of the most important characters on one of the most important shows, and she's also quite funny. Yeah, I mean, at, at the very least, she has uh, she has the capacity to be funny. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a in a like a, pun, a a negative way. I mean that when the writers know how to use her, mm-hmm. she can be one of the funnier characters. I think and they the, they take a couple seasons to figure her out. Yeah, I was going to say I think the do. biggest the, the biggest kind of detriment for me to even nominate her is that uh, often they don't know how to use her, and that's not her fault. So uh, the the award stands. <laughs> I I can't rescind it. (laughs) That is in the bylaws of the TV Eddies. The other host cannot rescind the award of of the other. Uh, (laughs) So your alley direct award of special significance for best character, Alan edition Mm -hmm. is to uh, Seymour Skinner. Of course. Very good. Uh, I, you know, it, it, it felt a little unfair knowing that he won the people's choice award, but I, I, I gotta stand by him and I gotta say he's still, Number one character for me, um, yep. you know, he's leaving. He's leaving tonight with two awards, uh, you know, much like uh, often happens at award shows. Sometimes, yeah. you know, people clean up. Sometimes you go home and you got a full mantle. That's right. <laughs> All right. Next. Our next award, our penultimate award is the Dr. Ife Abiola Lifetime Achievement Award for Best Season. <laughs> Love it. Um, my nominees are season four, mm-hmm. season seven, and season six. We have almost the exact same. Mine are <laughs> season four, season five, ah. and season seven. Ah. All right. Well, uh, you know, not too much to say about these uh, nominees. I mean, season four, I think, is the the first season where it's 100 percent bangers all the yep. way through. The show has discovered its footing. It has d- decided what it wants to be, and it is nailing it the whole time. Yep. Um, whereas season six, I think, is when um, they start. They start to veer into some wacky shenanigans that lead to some very funny moments um, and, you know, culminates with the, the, the most wild thing that's maybe ever happened uh, for a like half hour sitcom cartoon show on television, which is who shot Mr. Burns part one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, season seven, you get the culmination of that. And I think season seven is maybe uh, the, the, the season that has, uh, the most consistency with great episodes. Um, there's not that I can remember. <laughs> uh, there's not any like clear bad episodes in mm-hmm. that season, right? There's maybe some that I'm less enthused about, but there's none. There's no my sister, my sitters. There's no secrets from successful marriage, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, and and the award goes to season seven. Like <laughs> I might uh, as well just ramp. I was ramping it up. It's, it's season seven double, for me. Double, 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 double. Yeah, season seven. Season seven is uh, is Lindsay, the Dr. Ife Abiola. Uh, as the winner of the Dr. Ife Abiola Lifetime Achievement Award for best season. <laughs> 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 
so there you have it. If you're uh, unsure about where to start watching The Simpsons, dive right in with season seven. Season seven. You can't, you can't go wrong. Can't um, miss. You'll start with a second parter. It's weird. <laughs> to an episode, so that'll be weird for you, but you'll have a great time. Yeah, you sure will. Um, and our final award of the night is the Camille Pavlenko Humanitarian Award for Best Episode. I love it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And the nominees are Greg edition from season four, Lisa's first word from season seven, two bad neighbors Ah. from season five, Cape fear. All right. Very good. We have one crossover uh, in our nominees. My nominees are from season eight. You only move twice. Yep. From season four, Marge versus the monorail. <laughs> and from season five, Cape Fear. Very nice. And All my right. winner goes to the Camille Pavlenko Humanitarian Award for Best Episode Ever is from season four, Lisa's First Word. It was when we started the show, and it is when we end it. There you have it. Um... And the Camille Pavlenko Humanitarian Best Episode Ever Allen Edition award goes to in a surprising upset Marge versus the Monorail hey, from season four. Choice. It is, you know, I, I went through my nominees multiple times and what I came down to was even though you only move twice is my personal favorite episode. Mm-hmm. I think the award deserves to go to Marge versus the monorail. I think it's a perfect episode. I think it is. Uh, it, it gives one of our one of our best performances from the Phil Hartman canon uh, mm-hmm. of Lyle Landley. Uh, you have the banger song. Um, you have Homer excelling despite himself. Uh, you have it's I mean, it's called Marge versus monorail for a reason, but it gives Marge the spotlight in the first half and Homer the spotlight in the second half. And it works so well. And you also get, I think, a really underrated one off character uh, of uh, Sebastian Cobb. The the guy oh, from the, the doctor guy. Yeah, I yeah. think that's his name. Sebastian Cobb. Um, I think he's very funny. Um you know, it shouldn't have stopped to get that haircut. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fucking funny ass line. Um, and it's written by Conan O'Brien, who I, you know, as we mentioned, was a uh, driving force on the show for a long time, but only has a few credited episodes. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, went on to become uh, a much bigger personality than I think anyone predicted at the time. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I think You Only Move Twice is still my personal favorite, but I think the actual best episode of the show is Marge versus the Montreal. Yes, um, that's a that's that's great. Um, I think your criteria is wonderful. Um, my criteria, I think, is very, very um, hard on my sleeve. Yeah, um, which has often been been the case. Uh, like, I think that's, you know, my uh, my um, instinct with my favorite episodes when we do our top fives of each season have often been more veered towards the ones that make me laugh the most. Mm-hmm. Whereas you will often veer towards the ones that touch your, your soul more. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very appropriate uh, final award. That's right. And um, my gosh, 
what a ride it's been. Um, Now, every time we say goodbye at the (laughs) TBNs, every time we say goodbye, Uh, I'm getting words. I'm getting word that uh, Seymour Skinner is uh, drunk in the after party room, so we should probably wrap things up. Yeah, Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, he's got he's got two awards tonight. You yeah, know, he's good, drinking good for him. with Albert Brooks, who that's, also has two. That's, that's right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you all enjoyed the uh, the first annual uh, TB Ennies. And uh, there will not be a second annual. one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. This was a lot of fun. This was a really good idea. Although, I mean, maybe we'll do an award show for Futurama. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know maybe if we'll call the TV Ennies. I don't know. Maybe that'll be part of a wrap up each each season. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, we're wrap. Speaking of wrapping up, we're almost done the specials. We have one more before yeah. we launch our new project. So uh, keep an ear out for that. Uh, it is going to be Simsarama, which is the Futurama Simpsons crossover episode. And yeah, it's a bit weird. We're doing that one because technically it aired long after Futurama was over. <laughs> <laughs> So it's going to be interesting to see the way the characters work in The Simpsons versus once we actually get into covering Futurama. But yeah. we just figured it was a nice transition. Absolutely. To go from The Simpsons to Futurama. So before we take the time travel jump into the 31st century to the year of tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Awesome. The world of tomorrow. Jesus Christ. I fucked it up. Yeah. Well, don't worry, you'll have plenty of chances oh, time. to say it. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, all right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Bad Neighbors Pod. Uh, you can email us at the Hammock District on third at gmail.com. Numerical three. And you can subscribe to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash boathouse studios, where you can find all of our bonus content, including um, commentaries, uh, Simpsons Zombie Years recaps. Uh, we play Simpsons board games sometimes. Um, and just recently, uh, we just dropped our uh, Spider-Man How How Have You Been episode. <laughs> yeah, where we talk about everything from COVID vaccines to Martin Scorsese to eventually Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> and if you think that's the last time we talk about Spider-Man. Oh, boy. Oh, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> there's a new movie coming out soon. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk all about it. Anyway, uh, anything else you want to say, Greg? Uh, how do you usually wrap up the TBNs? Oh, uh, as we all know, we uh, wrap up the TBNs by saying a quick prayer. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and uh, forgive us our trespasses and those who trespass against us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, good God. God is good. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, and of course, um, as always, Venom, let there be carnage in theaters October 1st everywhere. Get your tickets get, to now. Get, yeah, get get your tickets in IMAX or something. I don't know. I don't know if it's an IMAX. Uh, keep watching sure the skis. <laughs>